Good morning, y'all. We are live on the Falcons podcast. We've already got everybody here, Facebook, YouTube, so we don't have to let it breathe or anything. We're just ready to get going. So welcome in, everybody. I'm Scott Kennedy. I will be your host today. I was going to be joined by Nick Kendall, but Nick Kendall had to take care of some, some new daddy duties this morning, so he uh, he will not be joining us. So happy Valentine's, every way, everybody. I am alone on Valentine's Day. Not really, because I'm here with y'all. So I appreciate everybody joining me today. We've got a lot to talk about. As I started thinking about this show, I'm like, what are we going to do? And I started kind of looking around. I was like, okay, there's lots to talk about. I guess it's the the rumor mill season. We've got ESPN power rankings. We've got CBS redrafts of the 2023 season. We've got rumor mills for quarterbacks. It's there's We're dealing with a lot of stuff, uh, to quote you know, Crash Davis, except he didn't say stuff. So... We go live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and one of the reasons we do that is because we like having y'all in here for the discussion. Makes it a lot easier. Um, Going solo, I'm going to go at least 30 minutes. We'll see if I can go more. Um, I'm getting over a head cold, and we'll go basically as long as either an hour or so or until my throat gives out, and you'll, you'll start to know when that starts to happen. So we go live because we like having the uh, the conversation in here. and. Um, Want to say hello, hello to some folks who are in here before we even went live, like Rusty Moore Jr. He says, you're playing fire. That The topic of the show was Bleacher Report. Um, the, the writer was Alex K. I did a search on Twitter for Alex K to see who that was, and I came up with a very different Alex K. Um, someone who's, well, let's just say that this Alex K was very different than what I was expecting when I did a search for Alex K. So, uh, but Alex K did a, uh, five predictions article and I'm going to drop it in the, uh, I'm going to drop it in the chat real quick. I want to show this person some love, either that, or they're just really figuring out how to work Google and SEO, which Bleacher has made a living on for decades now. Um, five predictions and their prediction for the Atlanta Falcons was that they would sign Kirk cousins, uh, Minnesota Vikings, and really take what is a pretty good roster, at least compared to a lot of the teams drafting in the top 10, and immediately become one of the favorites, if not the favorite, in the NFC South. Uh, and Rusty says, you're playing with fire, given a 36-year-old quarterback, $45 million per year, coming off an Achilles injury. Sometimes teams outthink themselves. Just give the, the Patriots whatever they want for three or trade for Justin Fields. It's not hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious <clears throat> to see what kind of money Kirk Cousins gets. Because as you said, there's there's three red flags with Kirk Cousins. One, he's going to be 36 years old entering the season. Two, he's coming off a very serious Achilles injury. Three, 36, 36 injury. He's expensive. That's the third one. He's, he's expensive. So what kind of contract? The third one is, is a variable. The first two are facts. He's coming off an injury and he's 36 years old. The third one's a variable. So what's it going to cost? for you to to bring you know to to try and bring him in now i always think of i, I kind of laugh when when someone says well he wants this you know well they want this you know I, we can't trade for that because they want two first rounders it doesn't matter what someone wants it matters what they can get so kirk cousins may want 40 million dollars hell i'd like 40 million dollars it doesn't mean he can get it so we'll see what the market determines for him. And I think it'd be somewhere in a deal. It could be a one-year deal. You know, you get a two-year deal, it'll be two years, $100 million with $40 million guaranteed. Then that's a one-year $40 million contract uh, that they spread across two years. And you end up having uh, a signing bonus of 40, which gives you a cap hit of 20, and then a dead cap hit the next year of 20 if you were to move on, is how that would work. <clears throat> so he, you'll you'll see how that goes. But you see, Rusty, if he says you get a two-year, hundred billion dollar contract with forty guaranteed, that's a two-year deal, and then you're taking a risk that you either want to move on or restructure or or whatever, or take that dead cap hit the next year if it doesn't work. But um, that's a risk. It is absolutely a risk. I get it. Um, so want to say hello to some folks, and and we we got some color flashing here on on Valentine's Day. So I want to get to uh, some of our big supporters. Look at this red hot super chat for on Valentine's Day for Michael Ranquillo. Michael, you're one of the good ones, man. You support us wherever we go. Mile High Huddle, uh, Falcons podcast, everything we do. We're here for guys like you. I hope you're having a great Valentine's Day. It's an early start for you. Uh, you've made mine better already, dude. So I certainly appreciate it coming in with a $100 super chat. So 
uh, that makes the day. I, you know, my, my goal's done. I'm out of here, y'all. We're done. I'm, I'm done. So, um, want to say thank you for for that. Um, John Harrell also coming in with a, a little support, more than a little support. That's a that's a hot pink fifty dollars super chat. So you guys are coming out firing. It's very humbling that you guys would support the stuff that we do here on this channel like that with your hard earned dollars, and just help justify what we're trying to do here which is provide you good content. It means a lot. It truly does. Never forget that uh, because we certainly don't. So thank you a ton to both Michael and John and all of you for being in here with me this morning. Um, my Swanker comes in. He says, what if the Pats Patriots get fields in a trade? Do we start thinking about Cousins as a one-year deal or Wilson? If the Patriots, my Swanker, get Justin Fields in a trade, you start thinking about the number three pick in Jaden Daniels or Drake May, or, or Caleb Williams, if one of those guys falls. So if the Patriots make that deal and they go get Justin Fields, you start thinking, okay, I need to get up to number three. That's what you start thinking. So that's that would be uh, that would be my uh, my thought process there if, 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 that, if it ends up going that way. Um, and he follows up, and he says, if Cousins decides to join us, do we trade for Justin Jefferson? And if that would be possible, what would it cost to bring him to Atlanta? Um, Justin Jefferson is a free agent after this season. However, the, the Minnesota Vikings have the ability to use the franchise tag, which they absolutely would. So you're talking something similar to what Devonte Adams went through with, um, with green Bay and Vegas. I don't remember exactly. Someone might be able to look that up for me real quick. That's normally what I do when Nick is talking. Uh, but it was a pretty, pretty good trade that sent him there and to, uh, to Vegas, and then they they then they immediately signed him to a contract. Now, again, it said five years. I was just talking about this with dead cap numbers, etc. The contract said five years, hundred and forty million dollars. I looked it up, and it was basically three years, sixty guaranteed. So this is the third year of that contract. Now, he was thirty when that deal was made. I looked up Tyreek Hill; his was similar, five years, like one hundred and twenty, but his was seventy-three guaranteed. So his was basically a three-year, twenty-four per year deal. Justin Jefferson will reset this market. So if he comes in, if you trade for him, it'll probably cost you two first round picks to trade for him. And then you would have a market resetting deal. So we, I said, what, 60 million and 75 million. Let's, let's just go that direction. He's going to probably get a hundred million dollar guaranteed contract. Um, I would say, it might be five or six years. It would be, and then it would be four years, even twenty-five a year with a hundred guaranteed would be the the type of money that he would end up getting. Now, do is that feasible? Yeah, it is. It's feasible. Um, is it probable? No, probably not. But very, uh, very interesting to uh, to go on on, on to, to start thinking about this because, again. They don't want to lose him, but you know he he might not want to stay in Minnesota either. And he's extremely talented. He's young, and he's could hit the market, and he's going to reset the market when he's up. And John says good morning as well. Certainly appreciate you being here, John and Red Swarm. Good morning, Scott and Nick. Everyone in the chat. Yep, talked with Nick this morning. He's doing okay. Just not going to be joining us this morning. OMT, good to see you. OMT Studios. Hey y'all. Hello. Happy Valentine's Day to my dad. He says good morning, sir. Good morning to you. That's an older picture now because uh, that kid that's sitting in your lap with his fish is bigger than you are now. So that's an older one. And it is baseball. I got my Johns Creek Gladiator shirt on. Going to go watch some varsity baseball today. Looking forward to that. Uh, our Tampa fan, good to see you. Says, hey, Scotty, good to see you. Thank you. Bucks raise bolts. Cool CC, or is that cool C? <laughs> Looks like CCC. That's what I started thinking of motorcycles. Um says, what's up? Albert Molina's. Good morning, Scott. Baker Mayfield rumors getting hot. What do you think? Whew, I don't know how hot they're getting. Um, that, except that he might be might be leaving. In this same article, uh, and I think I put it in the chat for y'all. Yeah, I did. Um, he has, and it makes a lot of sense, that Baker Mayfield stays in Tampa. That would be my prediction. Um, that's normally what I predict all the time anyway, because most of the time, guys don't leave. It's hard to pull guys away from teams. So unless there starts becoming a lot of smoke or they're they're talking about them moving on, like Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is going to get traded. There's starting to be a little bit more smoke about Justin Fields staying in Chicago. Wouldn't it be really interesting if Chicago moved down to like three 
picked up another big pick and then took talking about um well he's only got dj Moore. how come he's not throwing better well he's only got dj Moore. well what if they took marvin harrison jr at three and then brock bowers at nine with justin fields huh that doesn't sound too bad does it so again i've said that the chicago bears are probably the most intriguing team in this nfl draft for the second year in a row and and they are for sure but baker mayfield i don't know man he's he's played his way up into a 20 to 30 million dollar contract and i don't know that i don't know if that's the guy for me um they worked together i believe with raheem moore wasn't he out in la for for a little bit for part of the season after he left the panthers um he's moved around so much and then really had a, he had a good season but tampa still seems to make the most um the most sense for me omt has a good point he says we've had good qbs and still didn't win anything we've never had a pass rush omt if we go back to I guess it was what 2011 and then uh, 2012 and then 2016. I was, again, this might be heresy to Falcons fans, but I'm going to take this one to the grave. Is I was not for the Julio Jones trade. I thought they over, I thought they overpaid for that. They had just given up 50 points to the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs as the number one seed with a 13 and three record with a bevy of weapons, a good quarterback. And Thomas Dimitrov's answer to that was, let's trade five high picks for a wide receiver. Now, the reason why that doesn't get more scrutiny is because, one, Julio was great. Two, they traded him to the Cleveland Browns who couldn't draft their way out of a wet paper bag at the time. But you start looking, and I, I've done some hindsight drafts on this with guys. I was in high school football recruiting and watched a lot of college football, but it was a lot of Southeast. I wasn't doing national stuff yet. And I was like, these are the guys I know. And just, and I was living out in California, so I knew some West Coast stuff too. And you, you start looking at these guys, and I was like, okay, you could have had Cam Jordan. You could have had Cameron Hayward. Uh, or you could have had an entire offensive line. Um, Cameron Jordan, and this will be, this will make some people mad, but Cameron Jordan would have been a better pick for that team than Julio Jones was for the Atlanta Falcons. They didn't need a wide receiver as much as they needed a Cam Jordan off the edge. So need a pass rush. Uh, and when we do this mock draft in a little bit, we might we might head that way for sure. Adam Zapan, good to see you. He says, good morning, Scott. If the Falcons keep number eight and the top three quarterbacks are gone, do you think they might take J.J. McCarthy? He seems to be moving up the ladder and picking up steam. Adam, that would be my pick. Um, again, I like the, the, I like Michael Penix's arm, but the, the injury history scares me to death. I like JJ McCarthy's arm and athleticism, and he's almost three years younger. So, um, I would go that direction. If I'm Raheem Morris and kind of starting fresh, I wouldn't mind going with the younger guy. If I needed to win right now, Let's say let's say Arthur Smith got a year and they're going after a quarterback and they have to win right now. If I had to win right now, I would probably go with Bo Nix. I think he's the safest guy out there, kind of going to take care of the ball, not going to push the envelope too much, accurate underneath, quick passing, good athlete. But I think you're limited in what he can do driving the ball downfield and really stretching a defense. Um just the the over conservative nature, but Bo Nix is the one, you know, you, I start seeing him now falling into the second. I don't, I don't know, but Michael Penix has had like four season ending injuries. That, that scares me. JJ McCarthy is 21 years old, uh, what 23 and one record howitzer for an arm, really good athlete. I would probably go with McCarthy at eight. If I went quarterback there, uh, it'll be real interesting because the Falcons might be done at quarterback before the draft. So that's, that's going to change, uh, everything on there. Um, Edward Brown coming in, got another super chat. We got the whole color gamut coming in with a, with a green coming in. Edward, thank you for the support. My friend, he says, if the Falcons get their quarterback before the draft here, that's what I was just saying and land Daniel Hunter and free agency. Is it possible? They could go wide receiver at eight. It's possible. They could go wide receiver at eight, no matter what Edward Brown. Uh, that is definitely one of the needs on this team. And if you don't like one of the edges, I feel, you know, I have been critical of the Falcons draft strategy the last three seasons. One of the things I have not done has been critical of them for not taking an edge. I haven't done that because it really, the guy really hasn't been there. 
Now, in hindsight, you could go back to the 2021 draft. 21, 22, they're running together on me and say, okay, well, Micah Parsons, Scott. Yes, of course, of course. Micah Parsons would probably be the number two overall pick behind Trevor Lawrence in a redraft. But Micah Parsons was not seen as a fire-breathing edge rusher, pass rusher that Dan Quinn helped turn him into. He was an extremely physically gifted inside linebacker. And that was a little high for inside linebacker, plus there was some off-the-field stuff. But I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the reason why he probably fell is because inside linebacker isn't seen as valuable. If, if it, people had any idea that he could rush the passer the way he could and was going to be that kind of force, and he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have lasted as long as he did. There wasn't that, there hasn't been that guy in, in, uh, in the draft at, at four, at eight, at eight, Lucas Van Ness, um, the guys that, that, that you wanted to get either overachieved because they went way farther down the line. Like I said, and I don't hindsight great. I don't hindsight grade or hindsight draft, but the edge hasn't been there. So if they're not there, if Dallas Turner comes in, he just has a mediocre combine or Latu Latu, then, you know, maybe, maybe not. Um, then you, you can absolutely go wide receiver here. You could go corner here, depending on where you want. You've got a need at a premium position. You could even go offensive tackle if you really needed to. That's one of the things we brought up on Monday. And you know, as far as premium position goes, and this is a terrific offensive tackle class, is with the change from Arthur Smith to Zach Morris, the concerns about Caleb McGarry at right tackle are now amplified. He was really good with Arthur Smith. You know, I'd, I'd try and pick him up if I needed a right tackle with the Steelers for what they want to do try and bring him in as a run blocker. And then, um, you know, in the screen game, he's pretty mobile, but he's not a great pass blocker. So he becomes more of a liability now at right tackle. So you could go offensive tackle here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. If you love wide receiver, if you're on your board and I say, you know, you try and fit a need with the best prospect available when you're when you're drafting, that's the best way to go. If it's close, you want to go edge. You, you probably want to go edge here. Um, but wide receiver, you've got one wide receiver, one under contract right now for 2024. Drake London, that's it. So another wide receiver is absolutely a priority. You could absolutely go uh, go wide receiver here. And and frankly, if you land Daniil Hunter in free agency, that doesn't change my draft strategy at all. If I love Dallas Turner, I'm getting Dallas Turner and pairing him with uh, Daniil Hunter and letting Arnold Ebiketti fight it out as uh, as a number two, number three, or, you know, I got three guys that I can rotate in or, or however. Daniil Hunter doesn't change my draft strategy at all. So I wouldn't mind uh, I wouldn't mind um, backing that one up or you know going back to back on that one. String guy, good to see you. He says good morning all. Uh, guitarist, he's a Denver Broncos fan in here. Um, Bucks raised bolts. He's 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 following up on the uh, saw some rumors of Baker Mayfield be, maybe going to the Falcons. That's an interesting question. Would you rather have Baker Maker Baker Mayer, Baker Mayfield on a three year deal or Kirk Cousins on a one year deal? I'd probably rather have Kirk Cousins on a one-year deal if it was the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Mark Schrader, good to see you. He says, good morning, Scott. Appreciate you being here. James Groves as well. Um, OMT says, we pushed Matt out at 36, right? <laughs> WTF. All right, <clears throat> going back to the 36 here. He's 36 years old. Ryan Tannehill is also 36 years old. I was looking him up as well. Kirk Cousins is 36 years old, is a concern. The flip side to that is Kirk Cousins, before he got hurt last year, was on his was on a pace to set the highest passing yards and touchdowns in his career. In seven-plus games last year, he had 18 touchdowns against five interceptions. 
an eight an eight plus game. So he didn't finish his eighth game because he got hurt in that one. Um, he was he was going to have probably a career high in attempts also. So that's also part of it. Um, but yards per attempt seven point five was a little bit lower than his career high. But he had eighteen touchdowns in seven games, eight games. He, I don't know what he did in his eighth game. Apologies, but. 18 touchdowns in seven plus games. Um, did the Falcons throw 18 touchdowns last year? I don't remember if they did or not. They may have gotten close, but he had them in that. And, you know, they have, you know, a few more weapons here or there. Justin Jefferson is the best, but Drake London's not chopped liver. Kyle Pitts is pretty good. You've got weapons out there out of the backfield to throw the ball to as well. So Johnny Smith probably led the team in touchdown receptions. Uh, there's weapons here in Atlanta too. having Kirk cousins come in as a maestro season. It's tempting. It's really tempting. If Kirk cousins was playing for the Atlanta Falcons last year, they win the South and they're in the playoffs and they're probably a little bit better than just a one and out They're They're they have a chance to do some damage. <clears throat> Let me see here. Uh, Michael said, I wouldn't mind Baker since he can make the throws. He showed last year that he's matured. Uh, Joe Cannon, good to see you. One of our OGs. He says, great morning, Scott. Good to, good to see you. Uh, Randy Payne in, in, uh, from Tifton says, go dogs, Tifton, Georgia, and go Falcons. Austin has a question. He says, what quarterback do you think the Falcons are most likely to get? That's the question, isn't it? I don't feel good about any of them as far as like, okay, 50% chance. This is where I put my money. I feel like bet the, if you were to take one, as Nick likes to say, bet the field. Like if you, huh, there you go. Fields. If you were to say Justin Fields, I'll say, I'll take everybody else and I'll probably win. Justin Fields makes a lot of sense. Kirk Cousins makes a lot of sense. Eight is not a good spot for the draft right now. Uh, unless you love JJ McCarthy, then it's not a bad spot. Uh, but you're getting. You're not going to get one, two, or three at quarterback. You're looking at, um, you know, quarterbacks four, five, six down the line uh, in the draft. Uh, trade the best quarterback available for trade is Justin Fields, probably. Um, Russell Wilson is still out there, and he would be dirt cheap. Um, that was a thing about this. This uh, that article I linked talks about Russell Wilson going back to the Broncos. I. We're, Nick and I cover uh, cover the Broncos too, so we're a little closer to that. I have a hard hard time picturing him going to uh, staying back with the Denver Broncos, and I have an even harder time picturing them trading him because he's got a no trade clause, and any money that he is paid goes to offsetting his original contract. So. If the Falcons say, okay, we want to sign you to a one-year $20 million deal, Russell Wilson doesn't get another penny. He gets, not that he's not getting a ton of money anyway, that goes back to the Denver Broncos. So Russell Wilson has absolutely no incentive to sign a first-year contract that's worth any more than a veteran minimum. So he's going to say, pay me, cut me, and then I'm a free agent and I get to choose um, because he can, he, can deny, he, he can deny any trade he wants to. Russell Wilson is in there. Uh, Bo Nix is a possibility. Michael Penix is a possibility. Um, I did a draft, and we're, we'll do one here in another uh, in, a, in a minute. He's not my quarterback, so I don't want to say this because I had some idiot come in in the comments in the last mock draft we did. This mock draft is trash. You got your franchise quarterback in the fourth round. No moron. You don't get a franchise quarterback in the fourth round unless you get lucky, which is what you're hoping when you take a quarterback in the fourth round. I took Joe Milton in the seventh. And, or whatever the last pick was, I took Joe Milton. Was that's a flyer? Here's a toolsy guy that could develop. I want him on my team. Maybe my I'd have to cut him to get him on the practice squad, but want him working out and let's see what happens. So there's so many possibilities. Austin, free agency opens what? Three weeks. Three weeks for free agency. So we will say we'll we'll see. Um, Andrew Lampy, appreciate the good words. He says, one of the best, Scott. Keep up the good work. Thank you, sir. Keith Robbins is in here as well. Good morning. Good morning to you, Dave. It is good to see you, Dave Glassman. And all of our other Dave. We got Daves all over the place. Good morning, everyone. Oh, here we go. Oblivion Empire. Now, this is dedication, man. Oblivion Empire says, I'm at the hospital waiting for my third child, but couldn't miss the show. Um, 
expecting a new one, I would imagine, and not just your third one who's out there, you know, wrecking bicycles and stuff and falling down. So uh, congratulations, Oblivion Empire. We're happy for you. And thanks for spending some time with us. I know there can be a lot of waiting, uh, waiting around for those guys to show up. So that's very cool. Um, congratulations and appreciate you uh, spending some time with us. Um, Zach Powers is in here. He says, good morning. Good with some coffee. Cheers to that. And uh, Stephen B says, what if the Falcons traded up to four and took either a, a top three quarterback or Marvin Harrison Jr.? If Marvin Harrison Jr. is gone in at one, two, or three, which is a possibility, I think the Arizona Cardinals would be open for business. I don't think. I know. They would be open for business. Um, they would be looking to try and get a deal like the Dolphins got when the 49ers traded three first-round picks to move up to number three. Um, so would be a possibility. If, but I think the only way that happens is if, if Marvin Harrison Jr. is gone in the first three picks and one of those quarterbacks, if he's not gone, they're taking him. <laughs> Number four, he's going for Marvin Harrison Jr. will not slide past the Arizona Cardinals at four. So if he's gone, then you can start making a, you can start talking about making a move there for, um, for him. But, um, I mean, for one of the quarterbacks, Stephen B. Appreciate you. Uh, Dave says it makes no sense to me to sign Kirk Cousins to an absurd guaranteed contract. What's absurd? Um, $40 million on one year isn't really absurd in this day and age. What's uh, the top contracts? Let me see. Top salaries, average salaries for quarterbacks. $40 million would put him 10th. 10th in the NFL. $40 million sounds about right. So that's not absurd. I don't think that's absurd. I don't think a one-year $40 million deal is absurd. I think it's risky. I think it's expensive. It would give me pause for sure. But your average player salary, 55, 52 and a half, 52, 51, 48 and a half. There's Russell Wilson. 46, 46, 45, 43, 40, and 40, and 40. Tied for three. At 10. So that's actually 10, 11, 12. 12 quarterbacks are at least $40 million a year. 12. So 39 million is average, is league average on a non rookie deal. And most of those guys below are rookies on rookie deals. Those three guys at 10, tied for 10th, are Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones basically signed a two-year deal as well, so he's in the last year of his deal. The Giants could be in the market for a quarterback in the draft as well. But $40 million, and Dak's going to blow up to that one and probably end up at the top of this list um, before the season starts. But $40 million isn't absurd. Um, Joe Cannon says, why would Justin sign with us if we get Kirk and we know he's not the future quarterback of this team? That's his worry in Minnesota. Joe, Justin has to be thinking about Justin, uh, Justin Jefferson, the discussion here. Um, I don't think he'd necessarily be following Kirk Cousins. You would have to sell Justin Jefferson on the project as a whole and a whole lot of dollar bills. So you would, you'd say, okay, Atlanta is a great city play indoors still. Um, we're going to figure out the quarterback situation, come play with Kirk for a year. and We will make a commitment into doing this and, and getting it right. Um, it'd be a tough sell. It would, but dollar bills would do that. So that, that's why, um, that, that's why you do this, uh, would be, it's for the future. He's not making, he's not picking his next contract because of where Kirk Cousins goes. Just an idea. The idea is he would be available. The Falcons would have the resources to go get him. He would be a hell of a player to go get. Like I said, probable no, but I don't think it really has anything to do with Kirk Cousins. It, it's more about, selling him on the long-term viability of this team and the project you are building. Brian, good to see you. He says, you're in Johns Creek. I umpired at OC Park for years. I got my OC hat around here somewhere. We played at OC from probably 2016 to 2020 uh, is where my son, Sean, and I coached over there a little bit. So I was, I don't think I ever had any problems with any of the umpires. Some of the other, some of the, the board members I got in some trouble with, but uh not uh, not the umpires. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's a good park. We we've we've had a lot of fun over there. Uh, Brian Green asks, "Is Justin Fields an elite processor?" There, that's the question. 
Um, it, it's kind of incomplete with three different offensive coordinators, not a ton of weapons. The trust factor isn't there, so you don't really know. Um, you know, I liked what I saw from him in college a lot, a lot. I liked his toughness. I liked his leadership, and that arm is phenomenal. Um, so I would think um, I think it's, it's an incomplete on that. Um, better weapons and the offensive coordinator, there's he's split the fan base in Chicago. You know how it, it always goes. I mean, think, think how it is with, you know, Ritter. There's a few Ritter fans out there still, but there's all guys that end up being fans of players more than fans of teams. And there's a lot of support behind Justin Fields, but then there's a lot of people that think he just can't play at all. So it's, it's pretty polarized with him. Um, but I, I thought he should have been the number two pick in that draft behind Trevor Lawrence. Was that the draft, Trevor Lawrence? I'm, I'm getting confused already. Um, over Zach Wilson. went Lawrence, Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and then three was Trey Lance, and then Pitts, yeah. And then Fields fell down. It, I, I thought he should have been the number two overall pick. I was a big fan of his. Um, would I send the number eight pick for a guy that I thought was the number two pick? What? No, not right now. Um, I think the shines come off a little bit and the cost control of the contract makes a big difference. Uh, I saw PFF said proposed, I think the Steelers for a, uh, a second round pick. It was in the fifties and then a fifth overall, a, a pick in the fifties and then a fifth round pick. I think I just said fifth overall um, and the, and a fifth round pick a two and a five. I'd, I'd be pretty interested in that. And like I've said, I would not pick up his uh, fifth-year option. I wouldn't. I would do just like the Falcons did with Jeff Okuda and play on it. Say, okay, well, the Falcons are going to lose Okuda now because they can't afford to re-sign him. Okay, well, he played great, and you can make money for a quarterback. Um, so I would take that risk. His, his fifth-year option's in the $20 million range. If he plays like a $40 million quarterback in 2024, great. You just saved $30 million that year. I'll pay it back on his next contract. So I wouldn't pick it up. I would have the franchise tag to in my uh, in my arsenal if I needed to keep him for one more year. But I would, I would, hey, Justin, we just traded for you. We got money. Arthur Blank will spend it. Play for your contract, kid. Play for it. Uh, we're not guaranteeing anything. The only thing we'll guarantee is if you earn it, you'll get paid. We will pay you. Um. Just had another super come in. Greg, good to see you. We got all kinds of colors. We got red, hot, pink, green, and now yellow with a $10 super chat. Greg, custom kicks. He says, good morning, Scott. I think fields for a second and a third or a second and fourth isn't too much to ask. I think he would be better in Atlanta with a better line and the weapons we have on offense. I do too. I, I think, and one, he's more experienced. And usually if you're, the, the Bears weren't a, a top five picking team, but they weren't good either. Uh, the Bears have been kind of a disaster the last few years. In fact, they've kind of mirrored the Atlanta Falcons between all the guys we've moved back and forth, or at least that have come south, and the personnel here in the personnel department. It feels like we've had a one eye on Chicago for three years, too. But this team that he would come to if Fields were the quarterback, whoever comes to the quarterback situation in Atlanta, it's, it's a ready-made team. You've got weapons galore. Even if you say, okay, well, who's your wide receiver too? Okay, well, that's a, you need another wide receiver. But I got Jonu Smith and Kyle Pitts. If Jonu Smith gets re-signed or waived or whatever, we'll see. He's a little expensive. Um, but you could restructure. So let's just say for now, he's under contract. Jonu Smith, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier. There's five that aren't bad. Okay, well, let's go find another wide receiver. Let's go do it without just spending a pick swap on Van Jefferson. Let's actually go and get a guy in the first or second round um, if you need to at wide receiver. So, and then there's no excuses except, you know, a new team pressure of playing home. That would be the excuses if he, he were to fail. But Greg, that's why I wouldn't spend... I wouldn't guarantee his uh, fifth-year option. The the Carolina Panthers did that with Sam Darnold. Now, I was not a fan of Sam Darnold. I actually I actually scouted him at San Clemente uh, out in California, went and watched him play, and then I saw him at USC, and he, he kind of always overachieved. There was another quarterback that USC brought in that was more, more stars, highly ranked. Sam beat him out. But then I was like, top five. Anyway, long story short, 
the Panthers, after he didn't succeed in New York, the Panthers traded a second for him. Okay, that's not bad. That's worth a shot. Why not? But then they picked up his fifth-year option right away, and they were on the hook for $20 million. And they they benched him. They got rid of him. It's like, God, just earn it. You don't mind. Well, you could save money. I could, but I don't mind paying a guy if he earns it. Earn it. So with Fields, I'm not picking up his fifth-year option if I trade for him. Greg, thank you so much for the support in here. Um, let me see here. Let me see here. Uh, Ash Wednesday, Valentine's Day. Sean Stassi, good to see you. Uh, Silas Draven, good morning. Good morning. Um, and Brian Friedman says, we don't need a quarterback that Ritter might beat out in camp. That would be a problem. Um, if Ritter wins the job, so be it. You know, if he, if he takes us up an exponential leap up and wins the job, great. I've, I've kind of used this, uh, Russell Wilson as an example. I think they signed, I think it was Matt Flynn. I get my mats confused, Matt Flynn or Matt Castle, but I think it was Matt Flynn. The Seahawks spent big money on Matt Flynn. And then Russell Wilson comes in as a second or third round pick, a later round, not a first round guy, not a, you know, a, not a first round pick. Beats him out, gives him the job, wins it. Great. So if you bring in Kirk Cousins at $35 million and he looks bad and Ritter wins the job, or he looks great and Ritter looks even better. Okay, great. You're probably still going to start Cousins because of the money. But if Ritter wins the job outright and you've done your damnedest to upgrade the room, the room's upgraded. So be it. I've always said that about recruiting with these stars. People would say, Man, you guys don't know what you're talking about. There were three five-star guys, and the two-star guy ended up being the best one. Okay. What that should mean is I'm getting play at a five-star level, even if it's not the guy who I thought it was. So if I raise the room, and Ritter was down here, and for those of you listening, I got my one high, one low. But if you raise the room and Ritter elevates himself to be the starter, so be it. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. He might not even be in Atlanta. Um, but, uh, I'm not against, I don't have anything against Desmond Ritter. If, if he were to end up winning the job, um, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a leap. You know, people will come in the comments and say, Oh my God, I can't believe you say you want Desmond Ritter to win the job. I want good quarterback play. If it's from Desmond Ritter, fine. I don't expect it to happen, but if it does great, I don't have anything against Desmond Ritter. Um, you know, personally, I didn't like the way he played last year. It was pretty bad. Um, Stephen B comes in. He says, Falcons should have taken Carl Loftus instead of London. Uh, we talked about that last last uh, last time we were on. Carl Loftus, Nick was a big Carl Loftus guy. And, and, and if you go back about this time last year in our early mock drafts, we were, Carl Loftus was getting mocked really high. Uh, and we took him a few times in that one for sure. Um, then he fell because he was, you know, a little too short, arms aren't quite long enough. I said, you know, teams like the Chiefs and the Ravens, they end up getting those guys, the guys who are uber football players or uber athletes, but they have a, a butt next to their name. Uh, he's a great player, but he's a little short. He's a great player, but his arms aren't quite long enough. Okay, well, you take those guys at the back end of the first round and they end up being great football players still. Um Brad Clark comes in. He says, I believe Russell Wilson would be best fit at quarterback. What would he actually cost? In your opinion, who's the best free agent quarterback available? Brad, I think the best free agent quarterback available is Kirk Cousins uh, by a good measure right now. Um, Gardner Minshew is a free agent. Um, Baker Mayfield's a free agent. Russell Wilson will probably be a free agent. And Brad, if you're if you're just joining us, um, I'll, I'll repeat this. He said, what would what would Russell Wilson actually cost? Zero, basically. Um, he's got he signed a five year that when the Broncos traded for him, he had two years left on his deal. He signed a five year extension. That extension hasn't even started yet, hasn't even kicked in yet. His new $250 million contract hasn't even begun. Now they did bring in some money and pay him up front. Some, but the, the extension, the five year extension hasn't even begun. So Part of that deal said if, you know, if, if you move on, any money you get in a new contract would go to offset this one. 
So Russell Wilson is not happy with how he was treated. You, you know, go, when he went to the Players Association, filed a grievance against the Denver Broncos, saying that you know they they've threatened my playing time based on money, which is against a collective bargaining agreement. He's pissed. So when they move on, when they cut him, uh, which is is the most likely scenario here by March seventeenth, I think is the the doomsday here. So in a month, he's a free agent. Any money you pay Russell Wilson goes to the Broncos. Goes to the Broncos. So if you sign Russell Wilson to $10 million, that's $10 million to the Broncos and they save on their salary cap. Russell Wilson's not going to do them any favors and he's not going to want to hurt his new team. So Russell Wilson's first year of his deal will be for the veteran minimum. Minimum. $1.5 million. Something along those lines. He's going to have his choice. At that cost, with the Broncos picking up the tab, Russell Wilson will have plenty of choices. The Atlanta Falcons could be one of them. Uh, Pamela Johnson, good morning, Scott. Good morning to you as well. Hope you are doing well. Great to see you. Um, Beasley talking about uh, can't go wrong with two fresh DNs. You can tell I'm I'm, I'm catching up on my comments here. And um, going through this, yeah, if if you get Daniil Hunter, I I would take it. I wouldn't be afraid to take another defensive end as well. some of the things I wanted to hit on here, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna scroll down to the bottom. I feel like you know I, I miss out on current events because I, I try and catch up. Um, if I uh, one of the things I wanted to catch up on, they did a redraft. CBS did a redraft of last year's, and I almost I had to do a double take to see what they were doing because it had CJ Stroud number one. Yes, okay, but the number two overall they had Will Levis. Now, Houston Texans fans, if you happen to be one in here, would you think if with the you think Will Levis should be the number two overall pick in the draft? Um, I almost stopped reading there just for the heck of it. Um, I'll drop this in here in the chat too. Um, we'll send them a couple couple dozen clinks uh, clicks. They had the Falcons taking Kobe Turner defensive end, and they passed on Will or defensive lineman. They passed on Will Anderson, who went like number nine. Uh, I don't think so. But the interesting thing to me was on this is like, let me check. Bijan Robinson was not in the first round. Now, that's perception, I feel, as much as anything. I mean, do you think Bijan Robinson with 1,500 yards from scrimmage had a bad season? He had, it, it's, I think the idea was, oh, they he wasn't used correctly in Atlanta. Okay, maybe, maybe not. That's debatable. But he put up numbers. You know, he 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 showed that he is a first round talent. Jameer Gibbs was still in the first round at the back end of the first, not as high as he was, but Bajon Robinson is still a first round back, in my opinion, unless you're just of the opinion that you can't take a running back in the first round. And obviously you weren't there if you took Jameer Gibbs, if you had him in there. So that one uh, that one caught me a little strange. Um Another one I wanted to look at, ESPN release, it's way too early, uh, power rankings, and that one's in there, and I think the Falcons are in the late 20s again, uh, and you can't really, I don't, I don't have any problem with that, you can't really, one, they're seven and ten, two, you've got no idea who the quarterback is, um, so until they address the quarterback, that could be one if you sign Kirk Cousins, and they're at 26, but if you sign Kirk Cousins, you could see this go up 10 spots immediately from that signing. So depending on what you do after the the quarterback, the power rankings would change. Um, Kelvin O'Connor says, one mock had Drake May falling to six to the Giants. If he gets past four, I'm making calls in Atlanta. Kelvin, if he, I've said this before, Kelvin, I said this earlier, so welcome in. If he, if there's a quarterback at four, if one of those, if, if Marvin Harrison Jr. goes in the top three, the Arizona Cardinals are open for business. So I don't really see any way any of those quarterbacks, unless it just comes out that something's wrong, something happened, you know, not not for play, that those guys don't go in the top four. Marvin Harrison Jr. is in there. Okay. Last year, three quarterbacks went in the top four. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and then Anthony Richardson at four. Each one of those quarterbacks, as a prospect, as a prospect, would be behind the three guys that are in this year's draft. 
Bryce Young went number one, he would be quarterback four in this draft. CJ Stroud. Now, CJ Stroud on a redraft will end up, you're hoping one of these three guys ends up being as good as CJ Stroud was this year. In a redraft, CJ Stroud's going number one. Um, you're hoping you can get what you got from CJ Stroud. But as a prospect going into the draft around December of last year, CJ Stroud was in the teens. Caleb Williams and Drake may have been the top two for 18 months. So I don't think they're going, um, they're going anywhere, but Kelvin, if may falls to, uh, if he falls past four, no, no. If he falls to four, you're going after Drake may and, and Arizona is, is going to hit a jackpot because there are a ton of teams that would trade to get to four. Anthony Evans says Jaden Daniels is a CJ Stroud of this draft. Uh, could be again, you're hoping you can get what you got from CJ Stroud from any one of these three quarterbacks. I like all of them. I like all three of those guys. After that, there's questions. I think for me next would be JJ McCarthy. And again, if I was in a, if I was in a, my, my job was on the line in a season, I might go Bo Nix. And then a question I saw some folks have uh, in another pod was like, if with the game on the line, who would you want of any of the guys that aren't in the top three? And my answer was Michael Penix. Michael Penix, I think, has the best arm of the bunch. It's his injury concerns that 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 scare you. But if it's just one game that I need a guy to make throws, then he I want Michael Penix would be on that one. Um, String guy says, uh, Scott, what's your prediction for quarterback test best come out of the combine as number one? Uh, I think they still go. It's it's either Drake May or Caleb Williams one two, and then Jaden Daniels number three. The combine means the least of all the positions to the quarterback position. All of the po all the pre-draft stuff means the least to quarterbacks by comparison because and y'all have heard me say this before the quarterback position is the one that relies the least amount on stuff you can measure and the most on stuff you cannot. So the the intelligence, the poise, except for maybe kicker there's a zillion guys out there that can kick 50 yards. How many can do it when it counts? And I'm not, I'm talking like, you know, football players, not kickers. So therefore the combine and the pre-draft workouts and all of that type of stuff means the least compared to other positions to the quarterback position. So the quarterback position, there are exceptions, obviously where guys stock rises and falls a lot, but, for the most part, the quarterback position is fairly set. It doesn't change a lot. You'll it's it just it won't matter nearly as much um, for for this. You know, I don't know how much Anthony Richardson helped himself. You know, you can see what he does on tape. You can see the size, see the athleticism that he goes in there and runs a four four three with a forty inch vertical leap. You know, didn't hurt at two hundred and forty something pounds. Um, but uh, it, it doesn't matter for, for the combine. It means the, the least amount. Um, John comes and he says, why are people downplaying Caleb Williams? I, I kind of think of it a little bit overexposure, John, to be honest with you. Um, you think, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson put up video game numbers when he was at Louisville and then did it again. And people like, okay, whatever. I, I've had enough. And Caleb Williams, people like to see a guy they like to build a guy up and then people like to watch the schadenfreude effect. They like to watch him fall. So Caleb Williams still had a good season at USC. I was looking at what it was like 30 and five, 35 and five touchdown interception ratio for a team that really struggled. Uh, it wasn't quite the numbers he had the year before in the Heisman, but there has been a very good smear campaign going against Caleb Williams for a while now. Um, and I'll, I'll be surprised if he, and that goes back to Keith saying, is he a diva or is it just all talk? I think it's 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 chatter. All of these reports. He won't play for the Bears. He wants partial ownership in a team. Come on, man. Yeah, that isn't uh that isn't happening. Um Anthony Davis says <clears throat> JJ McCarthy is the winningest quarterback in the draft and doesn't make mistakes. He's Joe Burrow Jr. David Green was the winningest quarterback in college football, and you know, he didn't have the the arm talent to play in the NFL. I'm just teasing Anthony. I like JJ McCarthy a lot and uh, I, I'll be really surprised if he 
falls out of the first round. I'll be really surprised. And I, I'm not going to be say I'm surprised if he's the fourth quarterback taken. Someone there could be any number of guys, but I, I like JJ McCarthy um, on this. Uh, what do y'all think? We're at 50 minutes. I put in the headline. We are going to do a, a mock draft. Y'all want to do a mock draft real quick? I um, I'm using. I went to PFN Pro Football Network. I, like, I try and mix it up a little bit. Wasn't real happy with the one we used last time. Um, let me see here. Yeah, if I if I zoom in, it's not showing everything. I'll have to zoom out just a little bit. Mock draft time. Uh, I have to zoom out just a little bit here. Apologize to those of you listening on after the fact. I did one just to test it before uh, before I went live, just to make sure it went. And we'll go entire screen. Let's see if you can tell what I did. <clears throat> At eight, I went Dallas Turner edge. At 43, center was one of those best prospect available guys. I think I think Jackson Powers Johnson could be a top 15 pick, honestly. And when he's sitting there at 43, I just couldn't pass it up. Then I went big defensive lineman, Michael Hall Jr. I got a wide receiver and Ricky Pearsall. Johnny Dixon, uh, cornerback, Penn State. Jordan Jefferson, I went big defensive tackle at 141. And then Joe Milton. This still doesn't have the... Um, this still doesn't have the other third round pick in there, which I think is about 79. But uh, so be it. But yeah, that was that was what I did the first time. So when I go to restart here, restart, I pick the Falcons. I go to seven. I go fast. This this has this offers trades. I won't accept any trades because I always want to trade down because they're always offering you future first round picks, and I always want to take them. Um, we're not going to accept trades, but we'll take a look at them anyway, but this goes pretty fast. Um, see, they offer you for to go from eight to 19. You can also get pick 52, pick 17 and a 20, 25 second. And then the next one is pick 17, uh, a second rounder and a third rounder. You know, I'd probably take either one of those. I love having more picks. I love having the, the, uh, increasing my probability. So, but I don't think those are realistic. So looking here, you want Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison. See, Jaden Daniels fell this time. He didn't the first time. This was one of the reasons I liked it. Marvin Harrison Jr. went to Drake May, Brock Bowers to the Cardinals, Terion Arnold, Joe Alt, um, Olu Fashano at seven. That gives me the quarterback, which is a must. I mean, I'm going to have to just take it here is, is the quarterback. I went Dallas Turner, but I could absolutely go wide receiver going back to the question from Ed Brown. Wide receiver, wide receiver. This would be a really nice, this would be an ideal scenario for the Atlanta Falcons. Even if Jaden Daniels wasn't there, if he's not there though, uh, then one of these guys would be there. But this would be a really nice scenario here for the Falcons. I'll, I'll take Jaden Daniels just because it is a mock. I'll follow the mock and you have to take the quarterback there. That would be really nice. Um, would I trade 43 to 63 for a future second fourth? Yes, I would but I'm not going to do that. So if you look at where some of the other guys have gone, JJ McCarthy goes 23. Um, Bo Nix went at the very end to the Raiders at 32. Uh, let me see. Where was Michael Penix went? Just the pick right before mine. So he must still be on the board here. Michael Penix was still available. Um, offensive tackles. I could go wide receiver. I like the depth of this. Well, there's Michael Penix right there at 43. Um, I know it's a little tough to see y'all. Uh, so I'm trying to talk as much. Shabandre Sweat, a little soon for me. I think he's uh, not quite this high. I like him maybe a, just just right after the 50s. Um, wide receiver, Lad McConkey, Troy Flanken. I might be hard-pressed to not go wide receiver at this spot um, with the guys that are on the board with offensive tackles. I don't see my edge rusher that I really like here without reaching. I actually... Chris Braswell, I think it's a little overranked. Caleb King, no. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Lad. I've seen him sneaking into the top. There's my slot guy. I got my two big giants outside. How about my slot guy? Um, to go Lad in there. Um, McKinley Jackson, a defensive tackle, I like a lot. Um, oh, this just got done. Darius Robinson. <laughs> I kind of forget he's there. Darius Robinson, if he's at 67 and if, if he falls past there, I'll be just shocked. 
I get Darius Robinson, who's a first-round talent for me, in the third. Scroll down, offering up, offer me for pick 109. I get four picks from the Eagles. Yeah, I do that. See, I end up with like, I end up not making, when I when I do trades, I end up not making any picks and end up with like 50 future picks. Um, Defensive tackle, cornerback, wide receiver, Jamari Thrash is really good. Uh, I need a safety. Is it Jaden Hicks? Wingo, Jalen Wright, Malik Washington, Eichenberg, Cam Hart. Um, developmental guy. I like Roger Rosengarten out of Washington. He's about 3'10", 6'6", and change uh, as a right tackle prospect. Oh, I could go with the Senior Bowl Deluxe uh, if I took Ricky Pearsall also. That's who I took in my first draft. Um, but I, I need a corner. Uh, I, I, I like. I would either probably go here defensive tackle or corner or safety. And the highest guy still on the board, I don't know much about Josh, but I'm going to follow needs and best guy and know that the Falcons need a cornerback too. So I'm going to go that direction on there. Um, I don't like Michael Pratt in the in the third. I, I would go probably late day three on him. Uh, and now I can still go need and uh, best value with with a defensive tackle. Yeah, I could, I could always use – you can never have too many defensive tackles on there. So I want Makai Wingo out of LSU. I'm almost done here. Uh, I don't mind going back-to-back on that either. Um, You know what, though? I really like Theo Johnson at tight end, and that's not a bad spot here. If I want to get cheaper and wave Jonu Smith and try and save some money, I really like him. I don't have my safety yet. I like Tyke Smith. You know, that's not a bad spot for him here. I'm going to go safety. Falcons absolutely need a safety also. This is a good spot for that. Uh, JB went 15, 21. He said no defensive end. Um, I went Darius Robinson. Uh, that was cheating. That was a cheat code. I got him in the third. I think he's a first round guy. Um, JB, go look up Darius Robinson on my YouTube page. Just type in, you know, go to my page and look up Darius Robinson. I think he was the best prospect at the senior bowl, frankly, um, overall. Um, now we're getting into the, Hey, what do you want to do type of thing? I've already got my quarterback. Uh, safety, defensive tackle, cornerback, edge. You know what? Cedric Johnson, he's got a little bounce to him. I like Jaquan Johnson at wide receiver too, and you could really use two. I like Brevin Span, the size. I can go tight end here. Um, let's go. Let's let's bet on some traits and see. Let's say Cedric Johnson. Maybe he tests really well at the combine. I, I didn't really like him at the uh, at the at the uh, at the Senior Bowl, but you know what? We're in the six here. I can live with that. Um, so to sum up, Jaden Daniels, eight in the second round, I got wide receiver Lad McConkey at 74. I got Darius Robinson. There's the steal of the draft. I went corner at 109 and defensive tackle at one uh at at 114. I got a safety that I really I like Tyke Smith at 141. Then I got some uh I got another edge. So I went I went defensive line heavy. I got my wide receiver safety corner quarterback. I had a lot of needs in there. And um, I want a lot of needs and feel like I got some pretty good value. Would I do backflips over this? Yeah, I would. I would absolutely do backflips on this. You get me um, Darius Robinson in the third, and I'm pretty happy. Jaden Daniels falls to eight for some reason. Yeah, be pretty happy with that one too. So mock draft, don't know how realistic this is. I don't think Jaden Daniels falls that far. I don't think Darius Robinson falls that far. Lad McConkey could be realistic. Some of the guys in there. Uh, JB says great draft, but we need at least one offensive line in there. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I get one of those developmental guys instead of the safety and I look to safety, get a veteran safety for, uh, out of free agency might be a good way to go. Uh, I, I do need a corner. Um, I need a cornerback too. I need a safety too. I'm not counting on Richie Grant this year. I don't know about y'all, but I'm not counting on Richie Grant. Uh, the defensive line depth for the Falcons is pretty good. So, you know, this, I could change this here, but you know, I feel like I can never have enough 300 pounders on the line of scrimmage. So I, I went defensive tackle top guy on the board at 114 with Makaya Wingo. So on that note, um, some Trey Lance talking here, and then we're going to get out of here. Um, would I take a chance on Trey Lance? Yeah, I would. Um, I would again, a chance people read that. And they're like, Trey Lance is garbage. What are you talking about? He's no good guys. Would I take a chance if it didn't cost me anything? And I'm not, would I want him as my, to pencil him? Would I want to write him in ink as my starter for 2024? Hell no. No way. 
Would I do a pick swap and maybe pay some money to pick up some contract to take a chance on a guy that had the tools to be drafted third overall? Yeah, why not? I said that last year. I would send a third round pick for Trey Lance for this team. I said that last year. I'll say it again. He's probably cheaper now. Would I take a chance on Trey Lance? Yes, a chance. Would I commit my future to Trey Lance? No, no. I wouldn't have any guaranteed money and I wouldn't tie up any, any, uh, any draft picks in him. But if he was available for a song to come in and compete, yes, cast the net far and wide and, and see what see what you catch. Trey Lance is in there. I'd do the same with Mac Jones. Do I want Mac Jones as my quarterback? No, I do not. As a director of scouting of the Atlanta Falcons, would I bring him in for a workout if his agent called me? Yes, yes, I would. And the chances would probably be slim. But you don't, that, that's why... You've got guys to do those jobs, to do the scouting department, to do those things. Yes, I would take a look. Yes, I would be interested. No, I probably wouldn't do it. So on that note, John Hendricks says, I think Bo Nix is the most underrated quarterback in this draft. There's being a Falcons podcast, and, and he went out west too, and he had a lot of success. There's some there's some SEC bias against Bo Nix. Um and, you know, I admit to it. I, I tell, you know, people say, oh, this is an unbiased opinion. That's baloney. Everybody is biased. Bias are emotions. Bias is what makes who we are. They help us make decisions. That's what bias is. Recognizing your bias and compensating for it is what people call unbiased. I went to Auburn. I watched Bo Nix. He was not good there. I watched him go out to Oregon and come back against Georgia. Look terrible again. I watched him against, I'm trying to like wipe my bias clear. Watch him against Washington twice. I like Michael Penix better both times. Kind of like when I was watching Matt Corral at Ole Miss, like, oh, you know, you got to watch his quarterback. I did. He never threw the ball. They Lane Kiffin ran, 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 and ran. That that scares me. Bo Nix is a windshield wiper, side to side to side to side to side. Everything is within five yards of the line of scrimmage and, and short. Then I go to the senior bowl. He's probably got the least amount of arm velocity on the ball of anybody there. I don't like those things. What I do like is his ability to read a defense before and get the ball in the right hands. That just look at the touchdown interception. He takes care of the ball. I like that. I love his athleticism. The kid can run. He's got good size. I think he's I think he's fairly calm, especially going up to the line of scrimmage. Under pressure, he doesn't under pressure a lot. So again, I like if I had to bet my my job on a season on a rookie quarterback that isn't one of the top three, I'd probably take Bo Nix. I think he's the safest. Do I want him at eight? Do I want him at 12? No, I don't. If he was available at 25 and someone said, okay, we're gonna take Bo Nix, I'd say, okay, that's that's probably about right. Uh that that that's okay with me. And string guy says, You mean just like Tom Brady, Scott? Yeah, I've seen Tom make more throws than uh, than Bo Nix. I know you, you shouldn't you shouldn't uh, shouldn't do that. And you know, and, and John stats aren't everything, but you can't overlook what he did was it was impressive. No, it was it forty seven to three or forty five to three touchdown interceptions. That's insane for before advanced analytics and stuff. That was to me the TD interception ratio was my favorite stat. He pegged it off the charts. So again, two years ago. You're talking about Bo Nix as an undrafted free agent. Now, talking about him as a possible first rounder. So, would uh, again, do I want him at eight? No, I, I don't. I think that's too high for him. If he's there in the second and you took Dallas Turner in the first, oh, okay, I can live with that. No problem. So, going back to that, it was like 48 to five or 48 to three. I mean, it was, it was a SEC homecoming score, is what his touchdown interception ratio was. It was incredible. Um, yeah, really good. And the, the completion percentage that, that doesn't surprise me at all. Cause he's only throwing the ball five yards. Um, but you know, getting the guy t- again, and it's not just, well, he's only throwing screen passes and short passes for all those touchdowns. Yeah. But part of that is the getting the look you want and getting the ball to the right guy quickly. So he can make a play. Now, Oregon has, is going to out talent. Most of the guys they play on the offensive side of the ball, but that's what I mean by the, the pre snap looks i think he's i think he's really really good at that and we all know how important that is it's again going back to the things you cannot measure that's what makes the quarterback position tough you can't measure that 
I can't put a stopwatch on him and say, okay, four, three, five, he's 260 pounds. I want him. Um, it, it's, it's that type of stuff, which makes it the quarterback position. I think the hardest of all of them to, uh, to evaluate. So, uh, on that note, y'all we're at an hour five. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming in. I want to say thank you and happy Valentine's day. Uh, I'm going to go in reverse order here. We had Greg. He came in custom kicks with a $10 super chat, Edward Brown, going green with a, with a super chat as well. John Harrell, one of our big supporters, $50 hot pink, rosy super chat. And Michael Rankio kicking us all started with that, that, that happy Valentine's day, red hot super chat support for the show, uh, support for everything we do keeps us coming back. Thank you for being here. If you, if this is your first time here, make sure you hit that like, and subscribe. So you get your, you get your notifications when we go live. Cause we change it up sometimes. Uh, we are the Falcons podcast on uh, Spotify and Apple. So we're real easy to find Falcons podcast. Uh, on that note, leave a comment. If I need to clarify anything, uh, be respectful. People say I got banned for saying something. No, you got banned for being an ass. You didn't get banned for an opinion. I disagree with myself half the time. On that note, we're out of here. Yes, I got to go out and uh, and get some flowers and, uh, and buy a steak. So steak dinner and flowers for, for my wife for happy Valentine's Day. And thanks to y'all, that's covered now. So I certainly appreciate it. Be, plan on being back on Friday, but like I said, use those uh, use those notifications to your advantage. And if not, we'll be back on Monday with the Falcons podcast. Thanks for being here, everybody. Y'all have a great rest of your week.